Keith, what it is? Hey, I got to tell you, government agencies get a bad rap. I have had two experiences this week. Sure, long hold times, bad online experience because I couldn't find the answer or I didn't say like contact us for support. But I called the IRS and I got to tell you, the woman that picked up, so helpful, knew exactly what she was doing. I know this isn't always the experience, see the unemployment line, but I had an amazing experience. She was exceptional. Took me a half hour to connect, but she was exceptional. And then I emailed the Secretary of State for Ohio. Couldn't find an answer for a technical support issue, but I emailed them. I'm like, I guess I'll take a stab. They wrote me back within a half an hour with explicit instructions to correct the issue I was trying to solve for. And it, and it worked. And, and the instructions were exceptional. Didn't, it, have, didn't have any follow-up is the, questions. Is the lesson that I think you're trying to uh, give us here is that people over-index on individual experiences and not the whole. Yeah, because you know what? These people are, are hardworking folks that get a bad rap because they work for a government agency. And I tell you, it's, I've had a couple of great experiences. So the narrative is not complete. Anecdotal evidence. <laughs> Welcome back to More in Common Podcast. I am your co-host, Keith, with my man, Rodney. My eardrums may or may not have just been assaulted, (laughs) but I am Rodney, and I have compassion for that assault on my eardrums. And in today's nugget about compassion, and you're going to hear this from our fabulous guests in in just a few moments, but... Compassion is the acknowledgement of our interconnectedness. I don't need to add anything to that. I I just want to say, Keith, let's talk about our uh, amazing episode with Falgany and Kruthi. So you're going to learn a little bit about Falgany and a little bit about Kruthi's background growing up, what it was like to get their periods for the first time, because the bulk of this conversation is around menopause and perimenopause and having an open honest conversation about what it is the experience of it how you can help as a man or as a husband or even as a significant other to someone who is going through it so i i loved this conversation so why would you listen to this a couple things if you're a woman or a young woman understanding menopause it, you may or you be at various you'll be at various levels this will help deepen that and the and the these two women are building a community or have built a community around this and so it's a place to go join and ask questions and get answers and feel supported in a way that you may not have to this point in your life for the men in the room uh, you undoubtedly have women in your life and every woman will go through menopause and to understand what you can do to support that journey and be just be a good human being about helping. Uh, there's some really g- good tangible tips and also men, we can join that community. I actually just joined it yesterday and, and we can join that community and just kind of sit back and just listen and learn, maybe ask some questions, but just listen. And I think that's one of the best ways to support. So we're about to get into this episode. I will say, go jump on more in common 
ent.com you find all the things more in common one of those things that you're going to find out there is our consulting and and really what we're doing is we're helping organizations with disengaged and disconnected employees through our our more four-step process if you have questions or you're interested hit us up hit us up let's go It doesn't just affect women. It affects women's partners. It affects women's families. It affects, you know, we live in a network of people that we love and that support us. And so when you are feeling anxiety as a woman, when you are feeling angry, when you are unable to cope, when you feel like you're having depressive symptoms, when you're having hot flashes, when you're losing your desire for sex, when you have all of these, I mean, the list, the list is endless. Is endless, right? And you are probably thinking, the fuck is wrong with me? Right? That's what we thought. So today we are with Falgany and Kruthi of Getting Hotter. Falgany is a writer, director, and media executive for Vice TV. She is a certified mindfulness coach who is an enthusiastic, albeit sometimes impatient, mother of an eight-year-old girl and a 10-year-old boy. And Kruti is an architect, designer, filmmaker, and an all-around entrepreneurial mother of seven-year-old twins and their nine-year-old sister. Now, both went through perimenopause, and although they are best friends, they didn't talk about it, even though they were on the journey at the exact same time. Thus, they co-founded Getting Hotter. The goal is to build appreciation for the journey without shying away from the difficult aspects. They have passion to create space where women and all those who love them can share in the journey, ask questions, and find community to be better equipped to embrace all the phases of the pause. Now let's reinforce the message that women are only getting hotter. All right. Welcome to the show, Falgany and Kruthi. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. So to start the show, and this is a a new little thing that we've just started doing, is uh, going back to the rapid fire around navigating difficult conversations. Now that we've had over 100 of these conversations, we've probably had over 100 answers. Kruthi, you talked about knowing what you don't know and being okay being wrong. And Falgany, taking a deep breath and getting grounded. So I'm going to start with Kruthi's answer. How have you come to just accept being wrong? Because I find that is a difficult thing for a lot of people, especially right now where everybody has to be right. And if if I'm right and you're wrong, we can't be friends. So how do you accept that? So, you know, it actually, for me, that journey, and it's an evolving one, it comes down to how do I feel? How does my body feel and my mind and my heart when I'm holding on to this need to be right? And what sort of, you know, like doing a check-in and and under and understanding that while my bro- blood pressure is elevated, I feel tense, I feel like I need to triumph over something. There's there's this battle and it's going on inside of me. And then what does it feel like to just say, "Oh, my bad." 
or I got that wrong or I screwed up mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't know if we can say this now, but I fucked up, you know, or oh, you can, can. can we, you oh, know, you can, can we, Bring can it. we sort this out? And when you start asking these questions, you know, of yourself and saying those, the, 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 the private, the quiet, the, you know, private things out loud and admitting to another person that, you know, you're, you don't have all the answers and maybe you got it wrong someplace, but I don't know, you know, and, and letting go of the fact that that might indicate weakness. And actually I feel better physically. I felt better. If I can just come to a situation and be like, guys, I, I screwed up. And then the other person, I see the other person feel better. I feel less stressed. And so why not just do, why not just approach situations that way instead of constantly feeling like I have to hold on to a sense of righteousness or of being, you know, of overcoming over somebody. So it just physically, it just feels better. My whole jam is that I cannot handle, my body cannot handle negative feelings. It takes me a long time to process them. I make myself physically sick. You know, I get a uh, depressive. I have physical rea- a physical reaction to keeping negativity inside myself. So one of the tools in my toolkit is to just approach it and just say, look, I don't know. I think I'm wrong. I think I fucked up. And that just makes me feel physically feel better. So that's kind of where I lead with on everything. What feels good? Because I think your body tells you, you know? Your body tells you. One follow-up to that is you said it's a journey. How long did it take you to get to that place? All the days of my life. (laughs) 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 You know, all the days of my life. But then when you, uh, as you, at least for me, like as I've grown older and I've started to meet people in, in my circle and keep people in my circle, either in being more cognizant of the friends that I need in my life and I want in my life and those that harmonize with me, my life partner, my children, you see all these little mirrors of you and they're always there to kind of test you and keep you in check. And it's like target practice. You just keep you know, you keep getting closer to what feels good. And the more you, you know, the more you throw shit out there and you get negative feedback, hopefully you're listening to it and you get closer to where you need to be. And I think the sweet spot is when you feel good about who you are and the other piece person feels good about who they are and you all feel good about where you are. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a journey. It's a total journey. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now Falgany, you said, take a breath. Mm-hmm. Something I've thought about a lot because it's part of the coaching and guidance that we give is, especially when things start to get charged, how do you catch yourself in that moment so that you think to yourself to take a breath? This is going to kind of sound funny and it's a weird answer, but it's actually going to help launch into, you know, obviously what Kruthi and I are doing. But the truth yeah. is that, um, even in my menopause journey, truly, like you start to heat up, right? So whenever anyone's in a conflict, you start to heat up anyway, but this is like magnified for me. Like I start to like, feel like that burning feeling, like rushing up to my head, honestly. So I'm almost left with no choice sometimes Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, you know, I mean, and, and honestly, I think with 
the virus, like with, you know, wearing masks all the time, I'm like trying to be so cognizant of breathing, um, to the point where sometimes, you know, even when I'm driving or even when I'm doing anything and my mind starts to race and I start to feel like that anxiety, I, I legit like just stop. And I take like the deepest breath I can and I hold it at the top and like just sit in it and then release. And, you know, it gets easier because it feels good. You know, it's like, it's just a normal reaction. I'm like, this feels good to me. I find that I'm calmer. I find that I'm like reacting better. It's like what they say about emails and, you know, all of this stuff, like you you should never just react. If if an email angers you, right? Like don't fire something off. I used to do that Mm -hmm. all the time. And I would do it over and over again. Even when I would get myself in trouble with friends, with anybody, I would like, you know, I'm I'm hot tempered and I never acknowledge that, but I I am, you know, and I'd be like, what the hell is that email about? And I just write something back, fire it off, couldn't take it back. And I didn't used to do that. Like I didn't used to be that way. And, you know, my husband reminded me like that was the thing, one of the things he sort of started liking about me when we were dating. He was like, you would always, if you would be angry with me, you'd say, I just need to, I need a few minutes. And I, I I guess I, I don't remember doing this, but (laughs) apparently I would like go into another room and I'd say like, don't talk to me. Let me just calm down because I don't want to say things I'm going to regret that you'll always remember or hear. And Mm -hmm. I kind of stopped doing that, you know, as I got older and probably because it's, I don't know, you become selfish and you don't like think about it and you don't think about how, what you say, what you do, even when you're in a conflict, you're so busy wanting like back to a group he was saying, like you're so busy wanting to be right. And it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. That feeling that uh, you're feeling the heat or getting hotter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When did you become aware that you were aware of that happening and then like probably not because so much of it is hormonal too so you don't know like what's going on but you know that it was magnified for sure I would say like when before when I was in perimenopause and like things just bothered me more you know you kind of get angry a little bit and like and that was the thing and you don't realize that you're angry because you just think you're nor- like you're acting like you normally do right but I was yeah. I was getting angry I was getting angry with my kids I was getting angry all around and like I said luckily like I have a, a really supportive spouse who like wasn't like why are you so angry he just said you know you're you're being angrier than normal. Like you're getting mad really easily. And so that's when like the deep breaths really had to come into play for me. Yeah. You just used a word perimenopause. I have no idea what that means. I actually have a very vague idea of what menopause means, but it's like a super male, like it's, I don't know from a scientific standpoint, I don't know what it is. And from an actual, like from an actual standpoint, what it is. So like, what is perimenopause and what is menopause? Like, what is that actually? Can I just say one thing? I love your survey online and I'm going to take this moment to say, if you're all struggling with the same thing, especially our male listeners, you should check out their survey. We'll put it in the show notes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. So menopause, technically, I mean, we're not, we're not physicians and we're not, you know, experts and that's not our jam. We're not here to pretend like we are, but menopause is technically the cessation of the menstruation, right? And a woman is considered menopausal after 12 months of not having had her period. 
Okay, so that's pretty clear, right? Okay, so you okay. had your period, and you, 12 months later, you consider, you're considered to be menopausal. The interesting thing is perimenopause. What is it? When does it start? What is happening? And, and that's really that giant gray area that affects people. And it, by the way, I love that you're asking this question and that we're on this podcast because it doesn't just affect women. It affects women's partners. It affects women's families. It affects, you know, we live in a network of people that we love and that support us. And so when you are feeling anxiety as a woman, when you are feeling angry, when you are unable to cope, when you feel like you're having depressive symptoms, when you're having hot flashes, when you're losing your desire for sex, when you have all of these, it, I mean, the list of the list is endless. is endless, right? And you are probably thinking, the fuck is wrong with me, right? That's what we thought. Or we thought, I mean, I thought I was having a midlife crisis, honestly, yeah. because it coincides with that time in your life too, where it's right. sort of like, so I was like, maybe I'm having a midlife crisis. I, I'm a yeah. mess. I don't know. I would literally sit in my bed for hours sometimes crying. And I'd be like, I don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And my husband would be like, I think you need to see your doc. I mean, like, again, you know, it affects everyone around us. Yeah. Right. My kids, I was like, I don't want to hang out with anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to be in my bed. And it's very isolating and lonely because here's the truth too. You guys say you don't know what it is. There are a lot of women who actually don't know. I didn't really know. I didn't really understand yeah. that menopause was like, I wouldn't know I was in menopause until 12 months after I had already started to be in menopause. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. And you could be in perimenopause for years. I mean, that's, you know, and like, I had to call my mom and I was like, mom, when did you go into menopause? Because it's really early for me. I mean, I was 45, you know, yeah. and Ruthie and I are sort of on the younger spectrum. I'm learning. I didn't know that. And my OB finally told me that, that like, I didn't know, I thought I was depressed and I thought I was going through a major midlife crisis. And I literally talked to nobody about it. Yeah. We did not talk to each other. We would have play dates. We didn't tell each other what was going yeah. on. I mean, we had, I had twins, I had, you know, two-year-old twins and I'm trying to rock them to sleep and whatnot and having a hot flash. And I'm thinking, what the hell is this? I can't have infant children and be going through menopause. Like that yeah. just doesn't, you know, I look at all the images and I see these women who are like, you know, seventies and, an, you know, golfing. And well, I can't say like, the, you know, letting their hair go gray. Cause I am too, but you know, like I just <laughs> always too. imagined that it's something that happens at the end of your life. And here I was kind of, you know, I had one child that was two years old and I had twins that were one year old and I'm at a playground and I have a hot flash and I just, it, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't, it felt like that was something that happens after you have your kids. What is yeah. a hot flash? I mean, I, I think I have an idea. No, I'm it's, not, I'm not going to lie. It's, I don't well, know it's it kind of like, you know what it is, Rodney? It's, it's in some ways, honestly, how you feel when you're really, really fired up and angry. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the heat starts generating from inside of you and like the, your blood like rushes to your head, but you don't know why. And you can't stop. Like you're sweating. You're just sweating. So imagine oh, yeah. like, oh yeah. I mean, you, yeah. We, and that's part of it. You wake up in the middle of the night and you're like soaked. Right. And you don't know why, like you're, you're mm. cause you've been sweating cause you're having like hot flashes and yeah, I mean, it's, these are all, listen, they're all like part of, part of being a woman. And I think that if 
even if Ruthie and I felt like we could have talked to each other about it, that would have been way more support. And I would have, we could have laughed about it because we laugh about most things, you know, um, we laugh about the big issues that impact our life when our kids are driving us nuts and, you know, we'll, we'll be like those little fuckers, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, we can laugh about stuff that, you know, we don't approach life in this like super heavy way, but obviously this was such a, there's such a stigma, you know, there's such a taboo yeah. around it. And yeah. I know for me, that was a big thing where I was like in the industry I work in and everything. I was like, maybe, you know, I don't want anyone to know that I'm going through this because now I'm old, but you know what? I'm not like, it, it, yeah. and it, it took me, it took me a beat um, because of the way my brain is wired where I started to do research and I started to like figure out like more natural ways to, to deal with it. And, and then that's when I started to feel better. Right. I was like, no, I have, I can handle how I approach it and it doesn't what? have to be in June. Yeah. I'm curious. So you've mentioned it a couple of times and kind of tying back to the first question about conversation you are best friends. You went through it at the same time, both uh -huh. perimenopausal, and you never talked about it with one another. We didn't. What <laughs> prevented you? That, to... They kind of mentioned, uh, Falcony mentioned that a lot of women don't even know what menopause is. Yeah. Like, is it, is it even talked about from mother to daughter, let alone friends? So I, I want to just share that my mother is an OBGYN. This is my mother's. Oh. This is my mother's profession and she is wonderful. She's, I think the best, you know, she's, awesome. she's, she's, she's a master at what she does. And so I had access to information. All I had to do was talk to my mom and yet, you know, the conversation, I, I, I didn't have those conversations. And mm. so it wasn't like I didn't have somebody to go talk to. I did, but the way that most physicians are taught to discuss menopause is very clinical. It's very vague. There's pamphlets that people give you and they, you know, they, sometimes they prescribe you hormones and, you know, and sometimes they don't. And it was sort of all over the place. And one of the things, just sort of going back to what Palguni said about what is a hot flash is that not only is your own internal temperature rising, but you feel like the world is closing in on you at the same time. Mm. So there's a sense, and I think this is, at least for me, this was a real palpable thing. And I think it's really important because not only are you feeling like you're panicking, but everything is also closing in on you. So you don't feel like you have access to information or tools or help or that pressure valve is, is hard to find because you're panicking and you're thinking like, I don't know what's going on and I don't know who to talk to so much. So I didn't talk to my mom. I didn't, I knew that she, I knew, I remembered that she went into menopause early. And I remember her saying something about, oh, it's, if I went into menopause early, chances are you will too. But that was kind of it. That was it. And I had all the access. So imagine what happens to people who has, who have no access, you know, it's, do you know, as we're talking about this now, one of the things, and this never occurred to me, honestly, but it's occurring to me now. So you're hearing it here first. Um, but I, I think that part Picking of news from Falgany. News, um, <laughs> I think that what ends up happening also is that you're so in it that you don't know how to get out of it. And you're yeah. so focused on just trying to like, 
And listen, by the way, not everybody feels these symptoms. Not It's not like one size fits all at all. You know, some people slide right through no issues, like nothing. I mean, barely have a hot flash. No, you know, nothing like that. But I just think that in all of these issues concerning women's health, there is a secrecy. And I think part of that secrecy is re- I'm really going to tie it back to what Kruti uh, talked about at the very beginning about like, you know, just talking about things like people just don't talk about things They're And, you know, they're, they want to feel like they have it all together or put on the appearance that they have it all together. So, you know, even when Chrissy Teigen uh, talked about her miscarriage or, you know, people don't talk about postpartum depression, these are all things that like are not Women just don't discuss it and they go through it alone and they go through it alone with all of these massive hormonal changes that happen to their bodies. Listen, part of the reason why I wanted to really cre- create this with Ruthie when once we both realized like that we had gone through this and not shared it was because I had postpartum depression with my son and it was really, really lonely. He was like, you know, two, one month old. And I remember my mom coming to visit me. She was staying with me. And, you know, beautiful woman, love her to pieces, but I would cry at seven o'clock every single day. And I'd be like, I don't want to be a mom. And mind you, I was the person who created a mommy group, curated it with all of the moms I knew that were pregnant at the same time so that I would have my own curated mommy group once my son was born. They would all be on this chain talking about how, isn't it amazing? Isn't mommy had great? And I'd be like, the fuck is wrong with these people? It's not so amazing. Like I was angry and I was like, this makes no sense to me. So I never hung out with them. And my mom would be like, what, what are you so unhappy about? You have a husband who's like, so taking care of your son and you have a boy. Cause you know, we're Indian and boys matter. And so, you know, I never, ever talked about it. And my OB one day came to visit me, luckily, just because we were friends also. And all of my shades were done in the house. And she's like, what's going on here, honey? There's something not right. Like you're not, you're not feeling okay. And after that, she was like, she was encouraging me to talk to other moms. And so I I noticed that the more I would say, yeah, I had postpartum depression. It would open up the floodgates or the more I would say, yeah, I had a miscarriage. It would open up the floodgates. And so now I'm saying, yeah, I'm in menopause because I want to open up those floodgates because it matters like to feel like you have a support in a community. We all talk about like raising up, raising one another up, you know, fixing each other's crowns. Well, guess what? It starts with our health and it starts with our well-being. So anyway, sorry, that's my, how, thank you for sharing that. You know, I think there is, you know, it's one of those things about miscarriages um, that it isn't talked about because of all of the emotional things that go along with it. And it's very, it's far more common than it feels in the moment, right? right? Which like women's health, natural existence, periods, menopause, like things that aren't talked about. How much of that is a component of the historical cultural element of those are, those are women's, women's issues. Stay away from it. Like, especially dominated by male dialogue, but that kind of does that perpetuate within friend circles and females? It sounds like it does, but I don't know how much that plays an element or plays a role. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that I think there absolutely is sort of a pervasive stigma when it comes to talking about the passages, the sort of the physical and emotional passages of a woman's life. You know, and there that like that's a whole other that's a giant conversation that has, you know, sort of philosophical <laughs> avenues, you know, I and mean, it goes everywhere. But I feel like we are, you know, you can talk about uh, a girl getting her period. There's a gigantic multi-billion dollar industry uh, related to maternity and related to having children and people we can talk about you know women choosing to give natural births or not or you know all the different the 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 different ways in which women can approach that part of their lives and certainly motherhood is something that is lauded and because it's mythicized right and yet when it comes to menopause there's this like culture of silence and it's a it's a culture of silence at best. At worst, it's a cult, you know, women are maligned, women are they're they're physically cast off, you know, they're ostracized. I mean, there's so much that's that's there that needs to kind of be unraveled. But if you think about it, like this, this, this I think is what is just so mystifying to me that if there are eight billion people on this planet, almost 50% of them are women. Okay. If you have, if you will get your period, you will experience some form of menopause. So can we safely say that at least three and a half billion people on this planet will at some point experience some form of menopause, right? Also, another stat is that if the average life expectancy of a woman is in 80 is, I think it's 81. So if, <laughs> And the average age of menopause right now is 50, but perimenopause can start many, many years before that, right? So it's like, guys, let's do this math. Half of a woman's life is going to be spent perimenopausal mm -hmm. or menopausal. And yet we don't talk about it. We make it seem like it's something they do when they're at death's door and they they don't have they don't have vivid, robust relationships, physical, emotional ties. They're not at the top of their game career wise. They don't have families, young and old. I mean, it's like, why is the conversation so fundamentally out of sync with what women's realities are? You know, it's just I mean, it's, to, to, to Keith's question, I. I Keith, it's funny. I wrote down the same question, except I was going to say you asked a question that I was going to ask. So we're twin braining all day. <laughs> how, how much does it have to do with lack of safety? And you, you touched on it, Kruthi, like the I mean, there are scriptures in many different faiths that talk about the yeah. uncleanliness of a woman when oh, she's yeah. on her period. Like, I, I mean, we can kind of talk about it, but not really. No, no, you can't. I mean, listen, I don't, my mom never talked about it with me at all. And even when I asked her, she didn't remember, but yes, it is a, you know, in like in my religion, my brother, if I had my period, no, I couldn't go to temple. I wasn't allowed to go to temple because I was not clean and nobody could what did that do to you. Like, did that, that it make you mad? Or it, was you? it was embarrassing, right? Because I grew up in a house with two brothers. So they knew if I wasn't going to temple, they knew why. If I wasn't like, if I didn't have a tummy ache, if I mm. wasn't sick. So they'd be yeah, like, oh, it. she has yeah. her period. You I know? Mean, so you're unclean and you can't hide it. Correct. I mean, built in yeah. ostr ostracization. 100%. Yeah. Antiquated. But like, 
Yeah. But I mean, yeah, the, here's a scenario of the sort of the, the, the cultural norms, not catching up with, with our physical, the physical reality of our time. My mother grew up in an era in India where they had a public sewer system. Their bathrooms were outside. So if she was on the rag, which it was on the rag because they used rags, she had to go outside in like the communal bathing area and wash her rags. Everything, everybody knew when she was having her period and there was no effective way to kind of manage it. So therefore women, it was, it was frowned upon to, for women to actually go out to public spaces because they considered it dirty. You know, you could bleed everywhere and da, 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 da. Well, that's not anybody's reality now. Right. And so why are we still saying to people that you're less than when you're having your period, then you fast forward to menopause and women can no longer give birth when they're in menopause. Right. And so why, but they're still being discarded. You're still being told that it's the end of something. I mean, look at the word, you know, menopause, right. It, it indicates the, 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 the cessation of something. And yet, you know, and so culturally there's a stigma that this means that I'm less than, this means that I'm no longer a real woman. This means that I, I'm no longer able to enjoy the vitality of life the same way I was before. And those are like, it's, it's absolutely a cultural thing. And it comes from, you know, it's like, I think it's like in our collective DNA, we're all programmed to think like, oh my God, this is happening. This is terrible. It's terrible. It's the end of me. I'm no longer who I was, you know, and it's, it's you got to shave away interesting. at it. As the two of you talk about this, I, I think about it, especially from the male contribution to the stigma, obviously from my perspective, that groups of men can get around and talk about farting, taken going to the bathroom right like but then as soon as a period comes up it's right like yeah. oh women's issues oh yeah pms right just those those slight jabs that say yeah we don't we don't we don't need to talk about that stuff from a historical context and which leads me to a question though because you talk about this transition and certainly I'm curious to know what the conversation was like when you were a teenager starting to get your period with your moms. My conversation with my mom was very awkward. I was 10 and a half when I got my period. So I was very young and, um, mm-hmm. you know, she essentially was like, don't get pregnant. I was like, okay. Um, I'll try not to. Okay. Like, what is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> I did have babies that a lot of little cousins. And I was like, okay, I don't want to get pregnant right now. I'll play with my little baby cousins, you know? And she didn't tell me until I had a boyfriend, my first boyfriend. That's when she like explained, explained it to me. But I, we, ne- we never talked about it. And, you know, even when I was, um, when I was dating my now husband when she, you know, she was like, are you sexually active? No, she said, are you active? And I was like, yeah, I'm active. I work out. I, you know, do sports. Like it was so awkward. You know what I mean? Like she was like, no, you know what I mean? Do you do the sex? And I was like, whoa, okay. Like it was, it was just doing the sex. 
<laughs> was, oh. So we, you know, we've never had, obviously, based on all that, there was never like a real, real conversation around it. So, you know, unfortunately, I think I was, I, I feel lucky, but I do think that a lot of women um, in general probably have a, an uncomfortable relationship with sex, period. Mm-hmm because of the way we are approached when we do get our periods and how we're talked to about what that means. So much of this and what's coming out of our dialogue, I think, which is really beautiful, is like that understanding of so much of this is handed down. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about why it is, like I was going to share the story about how when I started to tell people around me, you know, I'd be on set and to what Kruthi was saying, like, we're in some places in our lives, like, as we're going through perimenopause or menopause, where the really great moments too, you know, uh, outside of that. And I, there were a lot of young girls on set and I'd be like, they'd be talking to me and then I'd be getting a hot flash and they're like, you're sweating. And I'd be like, oh yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm having a hot flash. And they were like, oh my God, like my, I, I only know my mom that's had that. And, you know, and it's like, they started to look at me through a different lens. And I realized all of this, all of that, is because of the way things were handed down to us, right? And what we believe. Why do I, why did I believe it was a stigma or a taboo? Because I couldn't talk about it. Like we, nobody talked to me about it. And yeah, I did it too. Like, no, I couldn't was, go to temple. It was, and I, a stigma. it was a stigma, but I also believed, I think it's also believing that because we're not, what are, what are the things we don't talk about? Those are the things that only grownups talk about, right? Mm. I, and uh, adults and when you're older. And so I think like there is that element that's attached to it. There's no youthfulness to it. Like when I started to tell people I was in menopause, they're like, what? You're too hot to be going through menopause. And I was like, what does that yeah. mean? What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> Am I shriveled up now? Am yeah, I done? Like, is I'm life not over? Anymore. This is a really random association, but it kind of reminded me of like when people would tell me that I sound white, and I'm like, "Wait, but what? But, <laughs> but I'm what is that? But I'm I'm tell me more. My Just skin is brown. Tell me more. What does that? What are you what saying to me? me more. What does that mean? So, so my my you, yeah. yeah, my story was uh, is a little bit different. I didn't grow up with any kind of stigmas that way. My parents were both physicians. There was always sort of an open dialogue. And, and, and my parents were both very pragmatic in their approach to religion and culture and whatnot. So I grew up with none of that stigma, you know, none of that. You can't go to temple, none of that, none of that. Mm. My, in fifth grade, you know, when everybody gets taught sex ed, I don't know if it's still in fifth grade or not, but my mother was at work. And so I came home and my, asked my dad, I said, you know, what's menstruation? He said, look it up. So I look it up. I'm like, Daddy, what's uterus? Look it up. Looked it up. Daddy, what's, you know, what's ovary? Look it up. I looked it up. Daddy, what's weird? And I like, it took an hour or two and I just kept looking stuff up and I ended up back at the same thing, which is like menstruation. So my, I got a total of zero answers from my dad. So my dad technically taught me about the birds and the bees and that's how he did it. And it was very, it it was comical. (laughs) Just look it up. But even that in of itself, makes it a non-welcoming topic. It's like, I'm not going to talk to you about it. You go figure it out on your own. It's not shame inducing necessarily, but it's also taboo in a way. Right. Right. And so if you imagine you're in that situation where 
you're asking a question, you're not getting the information, you will go to whoever is willing to give you information, regardless of whether it's accurate or not. Right. And so then there's all this sort of like woo woo myth stuff. And I mean, you, you know, the, the, and, and, and you hear stuff on the playground, you hear stuff by your classmates, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I, did you hear that, you know, she's wearing a bra or did you hear that she actually had sex? You know, it's like, you hear that stuff in school. And so it all is like this hearsay, this is what's supposed to happen. And this is how it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, sh- you know, shit, you read it in, you know, Judy Bloom books and stuff like that. Like you get it. Cause you're so hungry to know what is about to happen to you. And if you're mm-hmm. not getting the information, information from the right places, then you, you'll take whatever you can get. And so most people, I think, or a lot of people kind of cobble together this, what they believe is what's going to happen to them. And it's from like movies and from like, I don't know, you know, what the girl in class said and what somebody's mom told you and all that. And then that kind of becomes their truth. And they kind of operate within that the best that they can. Kriti, I was smiling at you because when you said movies, I thought of Three's Company. I was like, why did they let me watch Three's Company? But they wouldn't tell me about sex. Like that show was like raw <laughs> with innuendo, you know? I mean, we were we were what we were watching the Grammys the other day, and uh, somebody came on, Megan the Stallion, I think it was. And anyway, she's wearing like the see-through unitard with the sparkles, and we're all watching it. And my husband looks at me, and he's like, "Should we turn this off?" And I'm like, "No, because if we're not going to be there for them when they're watching it, they're going to still watch it somehow." And I don't want my kids. I have two daughters and a son, and I don't want them growing up thinking that, you know, like having the wrong attitude about this. So we watched it and I was sort of like white knuckled through the whole thing and we watched it and then we sat and tried to be totally casual and be like, yeah, you know, they're doing it. You know, she's dressed that way and it might seem really interesting or whatever, but you know, it's, it's a performance and that, so we tried to, our thing is that we want to get to these, we want to get to these people who are seeking for information before somebody else does and gives them the wrong information. We just want to be able to sort of be the tone around it. That's right. There, so like the the conversation about having period. So there's a really good book by Priya Parker called The Art of Gathering that I recently read. And uh, yeah. she talks about when she got her period, her mom got all of her friends together and threw a party. It was like, this is awesome. Like, you're going to be able to give life. Like it, she got presents. They all talked about when it happened for them and whether it was good or bad. But like completely erasing any kind of stigma and like this is an amazing thing like you're you're a woman and and like helping her celebrate it and i think so that's something i'm like i have two daughters like that's amazing like i want to be able to do that for them and it was a rite of passage and a lot of communities in the past had rites of passage very official rites of passage into manhood into womanhood into uh, becoming a parent or a warrior or uh, an elder. And like, we've kind of just blurred the lines between all these things or removed them and then kind of wonder why people don't know where they fit in. And I think it's a lot deeper than that for some of these women's issues that we're talking about. I think men have written these religious texts that, that just straight up say, no, they're unclean. They're just there for this and that. And it's not good. But I, I, 
Keith, you asked the question. You were like, I think you said, well, obviously you had the conversation. I was like, no, I don't think but that's apparently. Yeah. No, it's yeah, not like, it's yeah. not the case. I mean, we had a conversation before with the woman who was like, yeah, my mom didn't even teach me how to put in a tampon. I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, my mom, yeah, I definitely, no one told me. How to, no? There was no tamponing. No, 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 no. There's, um, so I'm curious cause, um, you know, it's it's one of those things too, and I'll just comment. Like I have two daughters, and you know they're four and two, and we are very open. Like they play with my wife's tampons. Like it's like whatever they're interested, yeah. they'll walk around going tampon, tampon, tampon. It's like, and both of us just have that matter of fact. It's like they'll know. Um, and you know, it's a vagina, it's a vulva, it's not a hoo-hoo or a ha-ha. It is what it is. Because that's exactly what it is. And if she touches it, she touches it. And she's Mm -hmm. curious about it. And we talk about it. And as a dad, I grew up around women with aunts and my mother and all of this. But it's still, I have a sense of discomfort. Like I try to, I manage it to the nines at times. So I'm curious to get your take, especially, you know, Kruti, as you talked about your dad saying, look it up and bringing it back to menopause in particular, what role do you see the men in your lives playing to make it easier to go through it? So you don't, as you said, Falcony, feel so alone. Yeah, I think that it starts. So the responsibility is with with everyone, right? The women have to be able to share with their partner what their experience is. And the men or women who are partnered with women, they need to be there to receive the information and to also hold it in a place where, you know, maybe they might not understand it or, you know, might not might not get it, but it's, you know, the, the thing that I sort of mentioned in the rapid fire is like, you got to own what you do know and what you don't know. And you can only have a meaningful, truthful conversation that can move forward once you acknowledge that, right? So what one of the things that I would love, uh, I'd love for us uh, through getting hotter to be able to impact is allowing women to feel like they can reach out to their partners and say, look, I'm feeling this way. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to connect the dots yet, but I'm letting you in on this. And this is a process. And this is, you know, a passage that can take years. And I don't know what the end is, but I got to let you know that this is happening. And for the, for the partner to say, okay, how can I support you right now? Knowing full well that that can change. The needs can change from moment to moment. If I'm having a hot flash right now, dude, maybe the only thing that I want is for you to open up every window. You know, if I'm going through anxiety and I can't sleep, maybe I need to go into another room. Maybe, you know, it's such, it's like, it's the, the sands are constantly shifting, but that person has to be let in on the process because it is a process. So I feel Mm -hmm. like, and for, for, um, a man or a partner, I would say, how cool would it be to be going through perimenopause and confused as fuck? And for your partner to say, whatever you need, I just want you to let me know what that is. And I will do my best to support you through this. Because we don't know what's happening around it. And I think to what Ruthie's saying, I think, it, yes, 
it starts with us, right? And it starts yeah. with, us, with, a, with a person going through something to be able to feel like there is a safe way to talk about what that is and to maybe ask questions that you don't want. You know, part of what we're trying to build is a community, is a place where you can come and say, like, I have a lot of friends who are like, I don't even know if I'm going to perimenopause. Am I, did you do this? Did this happen yeah. to you? You know, we, we want to be your girlfriends, right? We want to be your friends. We want to like, help you go through this transition in the most, you know, organic way possible and uh, not feel alone. But what I will say is also helpful as far as like my partner and what, you know, what I feel like he ended up doing. He tried a lot of things. A lot of spaghetti was thrown up to see what would stick. But I noticed this recently where I was, I was having a hot flash again. I hadn't had them in a long time, but I was having one again and we were, Oh, we were out in the snow, <laughs> weird place to get one. And I started to take off my, um, ski jacket. I was, Oh, I was building a snowman. And I took my ski jacket. I started to take everything off. And, um, my son was like, mommy, what is going on with you? It's freezing cold. And I was like, and I wasn't even thinking in that moment, but I'm glad I wasn't. I was like, honey, I'm just having a hot flash. And he was like, what is that? What do you mean you're having a hot flash? And then my husband piped in. He said, you know, sometimes mommy um, starts to feel really hot because, you know, her hormones are, have been changing a little bit. He's 10 and a half. And my son's like, is she going to die? Like, cause he obviously had no idea. He was like, is this something? And my husband's like, no, she's going through menopause. You know, women go through this. And it was really amazing actually to just listen to him. That's beautiful. In this, Right. In a, in a very like, um, calm and no big deal. You know what? It's not a, it's actually not a big deal. Right. And that's the thing at the end of the day, this is a natural transition of our lives. And my reaction immediately when he was like, are you going to die? I was like, why is he being so dramatic? I was, I started starting to get angrier inside. And then I was in my hot flash was getting worse. And I was like, I'm going to eat the snow right now. I was just so (laughs) like in that moment. And then when my husband like chimed in and he like really handled his shit, I was like, yes, that's what I want men to take away from it. And that's what I want. I want you to be able to tell my kid what is going on in mommy's body. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. straight up. A couple of takeaways. One, I should just respond with look it up. Two, (laughs) uh, uh, Hormonal, <laughs> hormonal intelligence in, I think probably human culture, but definitely in American culture is very low. Um, mm. Hormones are the master, like they drive like almost everything, everything we do. And we, the general intelligence is very low on them. So yeah. like somebody being able to explain the hormonal, like usually just be like, oh, her hormones are crazy. But no, that's not what's happening. There's an imbalance maybe, but there's some things happening, but it's, it's it's like really uh it's something that we could use some more education on what so actually the real takeaways are being able to explain calmly like what's happening and being there what how how do you this is kind of a nuance but just want to ask Kruthi a quick follow up yeah. on this um you said sometimes a lot of things are happening and you you yourself don't know what's going on yeah so the question is you know how can i help um, is there yeah. a more proactive way? Cause sometimes when I'm going, when I got something going on, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know how you can help me. Is there a more proactive thing we can do to help men in general or the other partner, as you point out? 
Yeah, I, you know, it, that's a tough one because there's so many symptoms and they're always changing. So I think the, the best way to help is to, once you've been let into that world, which I think that you, you know, you, you, you want to be at the door and at the ready, but I think that, you know, it'd be great if your spouse or if your partner lets you in, right. And says, I I, I'm sharing this with you. I'm going through this. Once that happens, once you have admission into that part of her life and say, keep repeating to her the language. I, it is happening to all of us. I want to, whatever it is, you know, I want to support you. It's shifting. It's, it's changing. Have that discussion and make it, I mean, between us, like the word normalizing is kind of, you know, like, yeah, we use it's overused, but really truly make it a part of, make it a part of your your world, you know, making make it, it a part of your experience, yeah. making it safe, using it. I mean, you know, if you have children, I mean, my, my kids the other day, they were playing something. And one of them, I heard somebody say, Oh, well, so she's just has menopause right now. You know, like we use the word in our house. It is part of part of a vo- working vocabulary yeah. that our family is using. And so we can talk about it at any time. I talk about it. My parents or my kids ask me, you know, what is getting hotter? What are you guys working on? And so we have to have this discussion. And guess what? My son knows about periods. My son knows, you know, about menopause and he is seven. So I think that not only, not only saying, I want to support you and your experience of this, but making it normal for everybody around, you know, making it normal, making it, bringing it into the vernacular, like Falgani mentioned, I think that is really important. I also just think do your research, you know, do your research. Like, um, it was really helpful for me to, sometimes I didn't want to do the research. You know, I didn't want, I was like, I don't want to look this up. I don't want to know a statistic. I didn't want to know anything. And I loved it when, you know, my, when Richard would come and say, look, you know, I think that eating this might help or, or even, you know, honestly, when he lightened it up a little bit because it got so heavy after a while and Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, I needed it to, I mean, you can just tell your partners they're getting hotter. Mm. Boom. Boom. I think women, I think, I think letting women, letting your partner know that you find them attractive, that you find them desirable, that there is, you know, there, there, that all of those things that it's not about loss because it is ultimately we're programmed to think that it's a, we're losing something we're shedding a skin Mm. and it's a passage and there's a mourning process that goes through that, that you go through. And, you know, women, we're so used to things happening to us physically, right? You get your period, you get pregnant, you know, and then you get menopause. So we're so, we're so used to shape shifting that letting your partner know that through this current bout of shape shift, shape shifting, there's still this person, you know, there's still this, like this beautiful, vibrant, sexy, amazing, you know, incredible, potent woman that will, that's eternal. You know, I think that that is, that's, that's I think heavy. that's the answer that's I was cute. looking for without realizing it. Yeah. And this is the next iteration of our lives, right? And it's beautiful. And as my, um, acupuncture likes to say, you know, you can have all the sex you want without worrying about it. Sure can. <laughs> there you go. So I will say first key takeaways is for, for all the ladies out there listening, reach out to Falgany and Kruti and 
Um, we'll put their website in our show notes so you can connect with them and learn more about it so you don't have to feel lost, whether you're going through yeah. it or your parents are going through it or whatever the case. And to, to all my homies out there, like, just be cool with it. Like, <laughs> just settle in. It's there and it's part of life. And just like your significant other or parents, you know, cycle, whatever it is, yeah. like, it's just part of life. And, and, and like just to support and be on point but uh thank you both yeah absolutely i just i also i also just wanted to mention that we have um on our socials on facebook we have a community that we're trying to build out um so you know people want to reach out to us on that ask questions you know share Where thoughts it's what, on facebook it's at getting hotter um, getting hotter official, official on, right? yeah, on Facebook. And, you know, it's a, we're, we're trying to build it out again. You know, we're not experts, but if there's a question, you know, we'll find an answer, you know, we'll try and hook you up with somebody who does know the answer, but really what we want to do is create a safe place for women to, to find one another and find answer and support and sympathy. And it's not just women, it's men too, right? Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's women and everyone that loves anybody. them. Anybody. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think, and I think a part of what we're also trying to cre create with that is um, almost like a, like a girlfriend's corner or something where there's, there's certain questions that I would have that they're not really from my OB. You know, I, I don't want my OB to, you know, I, I don't want to ask her, if, why am I getting angry? Is that normal? You know what I mean? Like, she's going to be like, get out of my office. Like I talk, I'll talk to you about your hormones. So I, it's, it's like a safe space for a lot of those things that you just don't realize are part and parcel yeah. of what's happening to you. And we have resources. We want to create an area where we can, um, give you resources, you know, maybe put you like, she's like, Ruthie said, put you in touch with somebody that could maybe help you. Or if you want, you know, if you want to go see someone for like natural medicine, like we just have a whole like arsenal of things and tools and because we're moms and we're, we also are in that mindset of like, okay, what can, what, what what's our toolbox right. have right. that we can use? So. Well, we do have one final question that we ask all our guests. And that question is, thank you for joining us. Thank you for, for indulging us and giving us some good tips and advice and sharing your stories. Like there's some good stories in there that are frankly not easy to share all the time. So thank you for sharing them with us and the listeners. Uh, the question is, uh, what does compassion mean to you? Compassion for me means again, you know, understanding or having this, this sort of deep understanding that we are connected in, in profound and sort of absolute ways that if I want something for myself, I should want it for another, everybody. And the opposite is also true. And so it's, it, for me, compassion always ends up being like the ultimate measure of kindness. And it's like a North star, you know, approach everybody the same way, be kind to everybody the same way. And, you know, at least that way you will have done your work on this earth. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, compassion is the acknowledgement of our interconnectedness mm -hmm. and how, you know, we need to approach one another through that lens of like, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in this journey. 
in this life. And I think that if we, if we actually approached one another in that, through that lens, it would be a very different world. Mm-hmm.